Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the EMJ podcast. My name is Dr Bridget Scott and today's podcast will explore the importance of ultrasound in rheumatology with a focus on the Logic E10 system. This podcast has been sponsored by GE Healthcare. Joining me today are two experts in the field, Professor Lena Terzlev and Professor Esperanza Naredo, who are going to offer their perspectives on the use of ultrasound in clinical practice and how ultrasound systems might impact on patient outcomes. Professor Lena Terzlev is Chief Consultant in Rheumatology and Head of Ultrasound Division at Riggs Hospitalet, Denmark, and a Professor of Rheumatology at Copenhagen University, Denmark. She has been a Principal Investigator for numerous national and international clinical trials and has more than 190 peer-reviewed publications on ultrasonography in rheumatology, 10 books, chapters on rheumatology and on ultrasound, and more than 180 abstracts on international congresses. Professor Esperanza Naredo is a rheumatologist at the Department of Rheumatology, Joint and Bone Research Unit, Hospital Universitario Fundación Jiménez Díaz, Universidad Autónoma de Madrid, Spain, and Associate Professor at the Department of Medicine, Universidad Autónoma de Madrid, Spain. She has led many national and international multicenter clinical trials and observational research projects, and is the author of 250 publications in international journals and 50 book chapters or books. The views and opinions expressed are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of GE Healthcare or EMJ. Welcome to the podcast, Professor Lena Terslev and Professor Esperanza Naredo. Thank you. On to the first question. Why is ultrasound so important in rheumatology and what impact does it have on patient management? Lena, would you like to start us off? Well, I think ultrasound has become very fundamental in rheumatology as it is an extension of the clinical exam. With ultrasound, it's possible to see uh, the reason for the pain or visualize the pathology and may actually also help us to differentiate between different conditions in rheumatology. So where something may look as a swollen joint, it may instead turn out to be a tendon involvement or a tenosynovial involvement. Uh, it is more sensitive than the clinical examination alone, so it also provides additional information both in the diagnostic setup and also in monitoring. What do you think, Esperanza? Well, I fully agree with you, but I will add a very important, uh, very important help that is uh, when we're using ultrasound for guided injections. So either for therapeutic or for diagnostic purposes, uh, we can see the needle, we can minimize the risk, and we can uh, greatly enhance the accuracy of injections using ultrasound in, as a guide in daily practice. And this is a very common procedure in our practice, in our clinical practice. So um, a wonderful tool for diagnosis, for improving the management, but also for local therapies or local diagnosis at the joint level or periarticular tissue level. We agree. And it has actually been demonstrated in recent publications that doing ultrasound-guided injections and aspiration is very safe uh, when properly trained. And um, we also know that once they've been given ultrasound-guided, if the injections doesn't work, it's not because they were put in the wrong place, but because we need to consider different treatments. Yeah, and there is a very emerging field now that is, is using ultrasound for guiding biopsies, synovial biopsy. It's a not only for clinical practice, also for research. 
And um, once again, Ultrasound is providing us with a very useful and with minimal risk uh, procedure for taking this tissue for improving our diagnosis or our um, research in our specialty. Wonderful. So ultrasound really has a place in diagnosis, monitoring, treatment and research. Definitely. Okay. Um, bearing that in mind, how do you communicate to your patients the importance of ultrasound in their management and what discussions do you have surrounding the system you are using? Esperanza? Yes, well, after the clinical evaluation, always after that, I always explain to the patient that I am going to evaluate their, their joints from the inside with a harmless technique. Why? To obtain much more information about their, their disease and to be able to diagnose and treat them better. All, all patients, 100%, are very happy and they accept the technique. And once they have tried it, they ask for it forever. <laughs> so mm. if they try, they want to be scanned by ultrasound in the, in, the, in the next visits forever. And this is also the case when they have received injection guided by ultrasound. They are not willing to accept a, a future or further injections without the ultrasound guidance. So in my opinion, uh, uh, the patients appreciate a lot the technique. They understand much better what is happening inside the joints. They understand the, uh, uh, how much important is the technique as a tool for obviously, in addition to clinical assessment, other imaging modalities, uh, laboratory tests, uh, but they understand very well how much is important to put also this information in the clinical setting to uh, improve the diagnosis and may, um, finally to optimize the, the therapeutic approach that is our, our final goal for, for, for us and obviously for them. What do you think, Lina? Same? Yes, I think there's, uh, there's little to explain to our uh, regular patients, so those that are already in the outpatient clinic, because most of our patients are used to having an ultrasound assessment, so we don't really need to communicate uh, why we want to do it. And I agree fully with Esperanza that they often ask if we could have a look with ultrasound just to see if there is a problem or not, rather than just doing a clinical assessment. And it is, it's more in the newly referred patients that you may need to explain why are we doing this. Uh, this is to see things that may not be possible to detect by clinical assessment. And then when you explain what you see on the images, it becomes uh, very fascinating for the patient as well. And exactly as uh, Professor Esperanza said, it makes them understand the disease uh, much better and also understand how diagnoses are made. And uh, I think it has a huge potential, especially in this area as well. So it sounds like there's a really good acceptance from the patients of the, the ultrasound technique and the fact that it, it kind of educates them about their own condition and what sort of treatments you're providing. So I can imagine that's, that's rather a comfort for them to have that understanding. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay, so you've both used the Logic E10 in clinical practice. In which areas of rheumatology do you use it? And in which cases do you think it performs the best? Esperanza? Well, thank you. Yeah, it's a great system. 
I will say the best, but it's, in any case, it's a very a wonderful, a very high quality system. And to be honest, I use it in all pathologies. So um, why? Because of its high sensitivity to detect inflammation that is not detectable by clinical examination. For example, in very early arthritis patients. Uh, because it's able to detect very early structural damage, joint damage that is not detectable yet by conventional X-ray. Again, in, in chronic inflammatory arthritis, particularly in early uh, rheumatoid arthritis, this is still important because it's guiding our therapeutic approach and consequently improving the prognosis of the patient. Um, also for detecting, for example, uh, microcrystal deposits in uh, patients with uh, suspected gout. So we can confirm the diagnosis with, uh, with the, the ultrasound assessment and then to, um, to uh, optimize the therapy and to, to again, to, to improve the, the patient prognosis as soon as possible. But also to identify different soft tissue lesions, to characterize soft tissue lesions, for example, in patients with a painful shoulder or other soft tissue or regional pain syndromes, uh, uh, with clinical examination, we are not able to identify usually the, the lesion responsible for the symptoms. However, with ultrasound, we can do it easily. Uh, because this, uh, this uh, system, Logic 10, is uh, still good for both superficial areas and deep areas. So it's, it's, we can use it for, for all our pathologies. But not only MSK, musculoskeletal uh, tissues, we can evaluate also vessels or salivary glands. Uh, these organs are uh, involved in very relevant rheumatological diseases. And then we can also evaluate them, not only MSK tissues. Uh, with a high sensitivity, high quality of images on gray scale and high sensitivity using Doppler, Doppler modes. So I'm very happy with using this, this system and I use for all my wide spectrum of uh, pathologies that uh, for sure should be quite similar to that Elena is, is visiting in, in Denmark. I agree. We don't have some selected cases where we only use the E10 uh, and then have other machines for other structures. So we also use it for all the spectrum of diseases. And uh, especially also, we're quite happy with the performance that it has in giant cell arteritis because of the uh, 6 to 24 megahertz probe that gives a really high resolution of the vessel wall. Uh, so that is... A, Definitely for us an added value of that system as in contrast to the older older versions. So the E10 provides a way of early diagnosis and um, spotting conditions that you can't um, identify clinically or through conventional methods like x-ray. So um, that's leading patients onto an optimal treatment pathway at an earlier stage of, of disease then. Yeah. It is. Fantastic. Okay, you've already mentioned some features of interest in the system, but which do you consider are the most important features of ultrasound and does the Logic E10 provide these features? Lena, do you want to start us off? Yeah, when looking overall and applying ultrasound, uh, not particularly in rheumatology, I, I imagine it's in all specialities, you really want a very good 
uh, sharp, clear, focused B-mode image. And uh, especially in rheumatology, you also want to adopt a system that is sensitive to slow flow, which is the kind of flow that we have in our patients, uh, maybe not in the giant cell arthritis, but for all the inflammatory conditions such as rheumatoid and um, psoriatic arthritis and so forth. And uh, I think that that the new Logic E10 actually has those features. So it provides a clear B-mode image with a good resolution. Uh, and the Doppler has definitely improved um, and can give us that kind of information that we're interested in. Uh, in our daily clinical practice, we do actually rely on Doppler negative findings as well. But in order to be able to trust a Doppler negative finding, it has to be very sensitive uh, because then we know that when it doesn't pick up any flow, it's not really there. So for that reason, I, I think we have uh, a system that can give us. Uh, that in kind of information. What do you think, Esperanza? Um, of, uh, um, the same, but uh, yeah, I what I much appreciate in our system in general, in particular, in ten, is the high quality of grayscale of mode images, uh, but also for not only for superficial with a high frequency new uh, transducer, also for deep areas. I think the system have improved a lot the uh, quality of B mode images for deep areas. Um, and of course, a be, an excellent and optimal balance between sensitivity and artifacts for Doppler modes. Uh, both power Doppler and color Doppler are, are extremely, extremely good in this uh, set in this system. Uh, we can discuss if uh, we prefer one or the over the other, but I, I think both are excellent. And the, the amount of artifacts is minimal, so we can allow that. And of course, the new modalities of Doppler that are incorporated in these in this, uh, settings are even better. But yeah, so the, the key point is to have um, excellent uh, resolution for remote and excellent sensitivity with minimal or no artifacts with Doppler mode. Clearly, the most important points are the resolution, um, the, the fact that you can look at superficial tissues and deep areas, um, and the sensitivity to slow flow or the, the Doppler negative that, that Lena mentioned, the fact that you can trust the result you're seeing um, because, of the, because of the sensitivity. I actually also think the fact uh, that it has uh, uh, an all-focused screen so that we bypass the focal points, I think, is actually a huge advantage. That always um, led to discussions as to how many focal points do you want when you scan uh, I've always scanned with lots of focal points to have a good resolution in all of the image, but now with the E10, it's actually been bypassed because it's focused in the whole image. I think that's also quite a huge advantage. I agree. I agree. It's a great advantage. And I would like to emphasize also the, 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 the variety of transducer available for this setting that allow us to, to have the... the the best resolution for, for very superficial tissues, for example, the, the fingers. No? But at the same time, with other transducers, we can obtain a wonderful images from uh, deep areas, uh, such as, uh, we'll say, the, the, the hip or the shoulder. No? That, um, in my opinion, before the quality was so, the, the resolution was not so good and now has improved a lot. Fantastic. So, how might ultrasound systems like the Logic E10 benefit patients and impact on patient outcomes. Esperanza? 
thank you. Well, as, as mentioned before, the enhancement and improvement of our diagnostic capacity uh, both to, to detect and to ruin out abnormalities, because both, as Lina said before, are important, will always improve our therapeutic decisions and therefore the management and prognosis of the patients. So as much uh, we can uh, be better in diagnosing, we'll be better in uh, therapeutic decisions and will always improve the patient's uh, prognosis. Uh, for example, we will be able to di diagnose rheumatoid arthritis in very early phases because we will accurately detect inflammation before this is obvious by clinical examination. And that means that we will be able to start the therapy before, and this, the, this is clearly demonstrated to improve the prognosis of the patients. So not only the new drugs, the new available drugs, but as earlier we start the therapy, better the prognosis for patients with rheumatoid arthritis. No? That is our, our more common inflammatory uh, arthritis and a very severe disease without a proper diagnosis and treatment. Or uh, in rheumatoid arthritis, again, we can, uh, we can avoid over-treatment or sub-treatment, for example. In clinical remission, in clinical remissions, uh, it seems that the patient is, is, is well, has a, a response to the therapy, but in, in a high percentage of these patients, the, uh, there is still subclinical inflammation that is detectable with ultrasound. Obviously, with an accurate system, we should rely on the system, both grayscale and particularly in this case in Doppler. So, uh, this subclinical uh, inflammation can damage the patient at the joint level but also at the systemic level and we can avoid that we can prevent that if we are able to detect to accurately detect and to stop with with an adjustment of the therapy usually with um, uh, with an increase of the therapy but the opposite it can happen that the patient is complaining a lot however it's not because of inflammation if we are not uh, uh, evaluating with ultrasound the patient, possibly we will, we will increase the therapy. And the therapy is not working because the problem is not inflammation and the treatments we are using are against inflammation. So in this sense, we, it's, it's still important not to over-treat the patients, not to sub-treat the patients. And the information provided by ultrasound is always much more accurate that only clinical assessment so for me this is uh, still important in daily practice i never take a decision of escalate or disescalate the therapy or stopping the therapy without a previous assessment with ultrasound just to check that the clinical uh, the, the symptoms the clinical uh, data are consistent with the imaging data and if both are consistent, then I take the decision much more happier than without. Do you do the same, Lina? Yeah, I fully agree. I think especially the, the thing with avoiding changing treatment if it's not based on an inflammatory condition is impossible. And we also recently looked at the tender emphasis, for instance, in SPA patients. And in only in half of those tender emphasis, there was a sign of enthesitis, whereas 
there were other indications of pain, such as uh, tenosynovitis and synovitis in the ankle that was causing something that was interpreted as a tender enthesis. And this may actually completely change how you want to treat the patient. So I, I fully agree. I think it is um, um, definitely improving patient outcome by being more accurate in the diagnosis and in, in identifying the cause of the, the symptoms or not the cause of the symptoms if they don't have inflammation. But you know. So the use of ultrasound is also very important at diagnosis, but throughout the sort of the treatment pathway, isn't it? With, um, as you said, Esperanza, looking at the subclinical inflammation and the ultrasound giving you information about whether treatment needs to change based on whether there is still subclinical inflammation, even though there might not be any, any clinical signs. And also um, sort of the opposite of if it's not an inflammatory issue, you don't want to overtreat the patient. So the ultrasound is helping you to refine those treatment strategies throughout the care of the patient. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay. Um, can you both tell us a success story where ultrasound has been essential in a clinical case? Leela, would you like to uh, do that first? Yeah, well, I think it's really difficult to try and pinpoint one success story because I do actually think that this is what we see um, almost uh, daily. But um, one story could be a patient that we had with rheumatoid arthritis that complained of elbow pain. Uh, and um, uh, she had uh, some impaired range of motion in the elbow that would make us suspect that she had a synovitis in the elbow. But she had also pain on palpation and some tingling sensation in her forearm. And so we did an assessment um, using ultrasound for the elbow and found that she had not only effusion, but also quite severe um, um, synovitis in the elbow uh, to a larger extent than what we actually anticipated on the clinical examination alone. But what we also found at the same time was that this uh, synovial hypertrophy was pressing on her ulnar nerve. And there was also inflama inflammatory or hyperemic changes around the ulnar nerve uh, that could explain some of the pain that she had, but also why she had this tingling sensation in the forearm and some radiating pain. Uh, and uh, I thought that was very, very useful and uh, was also um, uh, helpful in how to treat the patient and what she could expect on, uh, on all her symptoms, actually. You have a story, Esperanza? Oh, yes, I have many, many, but I was thinking yes, exactly. when it's, it's also about the, the elbow. <laughs> uh, she was a six-year-old patient with a minimal trauma on the elbow. Then she was referred to orthopedics department, obviously, and uh, x-ray was uh, normal without fracture. And they they say that uh, she has a post-traumatic arthritis because she, she had pain, in progressive pain in the left elbow, and after one month, uh, she said, okay, take an anti-inflammatory drugs and analgesic because this is a post-traumatic, uh, even the, 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 the trauma was minimal, no? a post-traumatic uh, uh, pain uh, or symptom. Well, okay. <laughs> so, uh, fortunately, she was referred to rheumatology by the general practitioner. And then the first thing we did, obviously, is to scan with ultrasound. Uh, the, the clinical examination was uh, quite normal. No? And then what we did with uh, with uh, ultrasound is uh, moderate synovitis, mainly with with fluid, but mainly with synovial hypertrophy. 
So it should not be traumatic only. Maybe trauma it was the trigger, but obviously not the etiology. So what? Uh, we aspirate fluid. Fluid was inflammatory. Cultures negative. And then we, we asked for a laboratory study. In this laboratory test, uh, she has markers of rheumatoid arthritis, particularly CPCP positive. And although at this moment she has only one joint involved, uh, obviously it seems that may, possibly she will develop a rheumatoid arthritis. We inject it with a steroid uh, the, the elbow. And we follow uh, the patients in two weeks. We schedule again an appointment. And two weeks after that, she started to have uh, pain also in the breast and also in the MCP joints, metacarpophalangeal joints in both hands. Um, and then we scanned with ultrasound. Physical examination of the breast and hand was again uh, uh, with pain, but no swelling. But with ultrasound, we were able to detect uh, clear clear, uh, mild but clear synovial hypertrophy in these joints with uh, Doppler signal positive. And then we were able, according to international ACR ULAR classification criteria, to classify the patients as rheumatoid arthritis. This day we started with metrotexate and three months after that, so now, last week, she was quite well, no pain, Minimal in, in the elbow, still in the elbow. Still, she has a minimal synovial hypertrophy. Asymptomatic uh, on hands and, uh, uh, of the hands and, and, uh, and uh, wrist. Uh, very happy. So, in this case, ultrasound made us be uh, earlier in the diagnosis and the, and the therapy. And this uh, uh, woman uh, classified as post-traumatic uh, elbow pain in less than two weeks or three weeks, was classified as a rheumatoid arthritis and then, and then had, was very lucky to start the therapy so early because possibly, possibly, hopefully, her prognosis will, will be quite, quite good and, of course, much, much better than if uh, the therapy is delayed because of referral or because of misdiagnosing. And she started months after the, the, the symptoms, then the prognosis is clearly, this has been fully demonstrated, clearly worse. This was my, my one of my examples, but I have a hundred of, of, of examples every week because I visit many patients and all of them with ultrasound. Yeah, I fully agree. So ultrasound is a key part of your practice in terms of correct diagnosis for your patients. And it, it seems like particularly the the case you mentioned, Esperanza, about misdiagnosis and the fact that you could get the patient onto the optimal treatment pathway really early on is incredibly beneficial for their quality of life. I, I mean, I won't be unable to, to practice my, my speciality without ultrasound. So, I mean, if tomorrow I don't have the machine, I will, mm. I will leave. No, 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 believe me. I will open a restaurant <laughs> or something similar. Yeah? Wonderful. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, it's, um, yes. You've, you've had many, many success stories, and I'm sure that will continue on a, on a daily and weekly basis. But I also think that uh, the colleagues that do not perform ultrasound themselves have come to rely on having access to an ultrasound assessment in the, in the clinics. It's, it's very widely used also here in Denmark in almost all clinics that 
maybe not all are performing ultrasound, but they have colleagues that do that can help them uh, providing that additional information in daily clinical practice. So even if someone's not doing the ultrasound themselves, the fact that they can get access to that sort of information is is incredibly important. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've both also used the GE Healthcare Venue Family Touchscreen Systems when teaching. How did you find these systems and can you see a benefit of using these high-end portable systems in rheumatology? Esperanza? Uh, thank you. Well, unfortunately, I have used only a few days. Huh? I would like to use much more. <laughs> but uh, these systems seem to me to be of very high quality, but with the advantage of being easy to handle and transport. Huh? This is my, my impression that they are very, very good, very high quality, uh, but more more portable, um, possibly cheaper. I don't know. So um, it would be very interesting in, in, in uh, working more with uh, longer with these, uh, these new uh, systems. I agree. I've only also tried it uh, for a couple of days at a time. Um, so it may be different if you have it all the time in the clinic. I do think it is, as Esperanza is saying, it has the advantage of the portability, so it could be good for uh, visiting patients in other clinics or taking it to the emergency room or whatnot. But um, I do think I've seen it perform very well also in giant cell arteritis, uh, but I don't think it fully matches, uh, for obvious reasons, the Logic E10 and would not have the same uh, applicability for for a lot of the research that we are doing already, but it definitely has um, uh, good potentials in in clinical applicability. Yeah, I fully agree. I would like to, to, to set in fact um, for the routine clinical uh, assessment can be wonderful. I agree with Lena that for high quality research, possibly it's much better for sure, but you can think. But um, I think they have an important role in our clinical setting, this this new system. So. Okay, so even though it may not have perhaps the, the, the quality of the, the Logic E10, it has got a place in, in clinical practice in terms of being portable and being able to get to the patient rather than the patient having to come to the machine. I agree on that, but it also depends a little bit on the setup in the clinic. So if you were asking me to choose between the two, I would go for the E10. Yes. Uh, and if I had a colleague asking which one would would you recommend I buy, it would depend on the need on the individual clinic. But um, yeah. I think Esperanza and I normally tend to recommend that you buy <laughs> yeah. a higher-end machine, a higher-end machine yeah. um, overall. Okay, our final question. What does the future of rheumatology look like in terms of ultrasound as a routine part of clinical assessment? Lena? Yeah, well, I think we've sort of addressed it a little bit already that I think both Esperanza and I are using it uh, every day. And I think in many clinics, it is a part of routine clinical assessment for all patients. Um, I think, however, the the challenge is mainly that uh, it's not necessarily so widespread in for instance, all of Europe and definitely not in the States. So the challenge is more how to get rheumatology to accept ultrasound uh, in all clinics. But I do think when you have access to it, it becomes uh, um, an extended uh, part of your exam. Uh, I think as Branza normally says, it's like the stethoscope of the rheumatologist. So it's something that we can't really do without, I think. 
Esperanza? Uh, I fully agree, I, uh, but for, I think that the two more important challenges now is to to increase the education of many colleagues that still are not uh, uh, have, have not had the opportunity to be trained to be educated in this technique, uh, including uh, Europe, but in, in other continents much more. So to we, we have been uh, teaching ultrasound and, and, and the other colleagues for many years, but still we need to to teach more and more people, and, and mainly to teach properly because this is a wonderful tool. If it is, if you know how to use it. If not, can be very dangerous, <laughs> as all such as all the imaging te techniques. So to properly educate it, properly educate it, uh, our colleagues is very important. And the other field to develop, uh, I think, is research. But research, particularly on the impact, I think there, there is a lack of studies on the impact of uh, ultrasound in in some aspect of clinical uh, setting. Hmm? impacting the management of the different rheumatological diseases, impacting the diagnosis. So it's, it's not only the accuracy that, of course, there are many people, uh, sorry, there are many studies on validation of the technique, but uh, uh, we need uh, more sophisticated studies on the impact. What does it mean? Mean uh, that means that the quality of, uh, of the, the quality of life of the patients is better, Meaning that the prognosis is, is much better, it's really better. Um, the investment of the on the education and ultrasound uh, machine systems is clearly cost effective. Um, these are difficult studies, but uh, should be done. <laughs> should be done. Um, in general, for all imaging modalities, I think there is a lack of this type of studies, but particularly for ultrasound, I think now our task is to work. Uh, uh, maybe in a multi-center setting to enhance the production of these these impact studies, mm -hmm. and this is the, the 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 best way to 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 implement to fully implement the technique in in daily practice and in all clinical uh, we'll say decisions. Uh, no one can say then that uh, it's not useful or it's not uh, cost effective or it's not. Uh, uh, cost useful if we have uh, fully demonstrated that it is. In fact, I am convinced that it is, and we need more studies on this field, in my opinion. I think Esperanza has a, a fair point also in, in the education. I think it may be worth just pointing out that there's a, a huge effort on, on educating people almost all over the world. So I know that the Canada Ultrasound a group within the Canadian Rheumatology Society does a huge job as they also do in, in the US with the US Sonar Group. And EULA has been doing this for, for many, many years. And there are initiatives popping up all over the Arab world as well. So it's it seems to be um, progressing everywhere. The the Not only the need, but also the, the wish to be able to add this in daily clinical routine. So the future looks like there's going to be a continued drive to increase the widespread acceptance of ultrasound in, in clinical practice. And as you said, um, Esperanza, about having clinical studies to sort of show the importance of ultrasound and the benefits. Exactly. We know, we know that, but we need to demonstrate to publish that also. Yes. But I think it's a good time now after so many years to to increase the, this, to, to promote these studies. Yes, 
Yes, um, you made the important point also about sort of increasing education and training to make sure that those using ultrasound are using it properly and correctly and um, in clinical practice. And then in the long term, that's that's driving an improved patient management and um, quality of life. So it's a, an exciting area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, and this is the final goal of, of, of us no? as rheumatologists to improve the the life of the people of our patients absolutely absolutely and that concludes today's podcast thank you to professor lena terslev and professor esperanza naredo for joining us today and sharing their insights on the importance of ultrasound in rheumatology with a focus on the logic e10 system with our audience remember to visit our archives for plenty of great podcasts covering many health-related topics For now, stay safe and stay well, and I hope to have you back again on the EMJ podcast very soon. Until next time, take care and goodbye for now.